0: Hey, it's Amber Smith. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really, really excited about today's interview. I'm interviewing my past client and now friend, Annie Levitt. She's a coach. And when I thought about starting the podcast and calling it the conscious coach, I don't talk about it, what that means to me a ton, but I did want to share a little bit about what I think it means before you listen to this episode. Because to me, Annie embodies what it means to be a conscious coach because she does her own work. She really sees what isn't on the surface. And if you know Annie, she can really see people and she has an interesting way of coaching that I really wanted to bring out on the podcast. I try to get her to talk about her process and how she coaches, because I think it's really unique. If you're familiar with Byron Katie, I think Annie is a lot like Byron Katie, but I really wanted her to talk about just different things, creation, relationships, forgiveness, love, and seeing people with love. And so you'll notice our conversation meanders, but I think it'll be really powerful, and I'm excited to share my interview with Annie I think you're going to love her like I do. And I was just so grateful to be able to chat with her, but all things like conscious creation and being a coach and a powerful coach. So I'm really excited to share my interview with Annie Levitt. Let's do this. All right, Annie, welcome to the podcast. I am so, so happy to have you. Thank you for saying. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, hello. Love talking to you. So
0: we had like an uh, epic conversation before we hit record. And now I wish that we were recording. But that's okay. Y'all
1: missed out. You all missed out Um, so fast.
0: You You do go deep. I feel like we'll get right back in it. But I would just love if you introduce yourself to my listeners, but also just dive into your story. Annie's amazing and you'll hear a lot of her perspectives and her wisdom today. So just tell us who you are and tell us your life. (laughs) Okay.
1: And you'll hear me and you might hear my kids because it's still summer break and I don't have soundproof walls. Anyways i'm annie and i don't tell my story often i'm a mom i have five kids i'm married to my high school sweetheart i graduated with a degree in english and almost danced didn't finish like 18 credits to get that one in ballet and just was a happy person like life was amazing and my husband's hot. We had four kids, really good looking. I started my dance studio. Everything was going amazing. And I was super depressed. I was primary president in my church, super depressed, and went to all the doctors and did everything I was supposed to, did therapy for four years. And they said, Well, we'll just add more medication to your medication. And when they were prescribing me a fourth medication, I was like, Okay. There's got to be something more like I'm doing everything. I'm checking all the boxes. My body was in shape. My husband's great. My kids are smart and good looking. You know, I don't know if you ever have heard. What's that writer where he talks about Lake It's this novels that he writes. All the women are good looking and the men are great providers or whatever. It was like that, like the story is making sense on paper. Why am I so miserable? And then when I expanded my studio, my left side of my face went numb. And all the doctors said, it's just stress. And so I started reading all these books. My girlfriend gave me a book, You're a Badass by Jen Sincero, Mm -hmm. reading it with half my face numb. Gosh. I'm like, right? I'm like, okay, everything says to meditate. Every book I'm reading. So she has in the back of the book, hey, these are great books. I read the whole list except one. And almost all of them said, you need to meditate. And Deepak Chopra was like, just sit down in silence twice a day for 30 minutes. And I'm like, done. I'll do anything. And all of a sudden, I started experiencing these huge shifts. And I'd been in a place where I didn't like praying. I didn't like reading scriptures. I didn't like anything. I didn't like anyone. And all of a sudden, I started having this peace. And I finally told my husband after four months, we're going on vacation. So I start sitting down. And I don't know how to meditate. He just said, sit in silence, right? I sat in silence and all of a sudden started noticing all these huge transitions in my life. Just it became addicting. And I get this high and I wasn't meditating to get a high. I was like, I will do anything to de-stress, you know? And I was about four months. We we're going on vacation and I was so embarrassed to tell my husband, but I prepped him like, Hey, I'm going to get up in the morning and it's going to look weird. I've been meditating and I'm going to have to sit in a chair." And Meditate and he just said, I don't care what you've been doing, keep going. Because, well, this was how many years? This is 2017. And to me, that was like yoga in the 80s, like even just talking about mindfulness with people. And so he was, I can tell there's a difference. Whatever you're doing, keep going. And my kids finally got used to the fact that I meditated and my door was shut. And so I meditated twice a day for over two years. And then all of a sudden knew I wasn't supposed to have a dance studio and knew I was supposed to have another kid. Both things that did not make sense. I resisted closing the studio and the universe just burned everything down to the ground for me. And so I shut my studio door in a little small town. So I had like 100 families, 100 kids and got pregnant. Wow. And ended up miscarrying that baby. And after that miscarriage had Warner Earhart called some unspeakable moments. I had a spiritual moment that changed everything for me in a Walmart, in a Walmart. God has A Walmart, has a Walmart
0: like, was a spiritual place. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, right. Like that got humor right there. Right. Like we're going to give it to yeah. Annie here. Right. And yeah. after that, all I wanted to do was share the truth of what I saw of what Earth is about and who we are and how much love there is for us. And I just, all I wanted to do was share with whoever. Now, when you're a newbie and Amber knows this, you share with everyone, whether they want to know or not. I have finally <laughs> learned people that I share with people who want to know, who ask. And so I love sharing and I love how I get to share in my coaching sometimes and in my mastermind and I have some kids that ask. But I love giving people the dignity of their process of, I'm going to give an analogy with it and then let you ask some questions. Finish up my story first. So shut the studio, got pregnant, miscarriage, spiritual amazingness. And I started showing up at people's houses or texting them. I would meditate and I would have this name come to my mind and I'd show up at someone's house and they're like, how did you know I haven't left the house in six months? Or how did you know I was struggling? How did you know to call me? I'm like, I don't. But I know the spirit does. And I know that we're all connected. So I started coaching when I said I would never coach. I said I would never be a life coach.
0: (laughs) Famous last week.
1: Right. And then we did get pregnant again and had a baby. And I had been coaching kind of officially. And finally, when COVID hit, I was like, you know what? I'm making this official and got my business license and got some online janky certification. Yeah. Because I'm certified, right? So now people call me a mindfulness mentor. They call me an ego death doula. That's a new one.
0: 100%. It's like, how do you God. define what you do? Like you guys will hear as Annie talks, like it's very hard to define what you do because I think spirit works through you when you talk and when you teach and coach. So it's like, how do you define that?
1: I don't know. It's the same thing. I worked with a business coach once and how successful companies can describe what they do in nine words or less. I help people love reality. So, something happens when people sit with me. It's not anything that I do, but when someone sits with me one on one, they start changing and they have hope. I don't know what it is. And I don't take credit for it because it's from God, it's from source. And my job is I just am this place for people. So, I love it. And it's great because I get to do it. It's so weird, though. You know, I'll sit with a client. Mm -hmm. And have this life altering session and come out and I've got to put butt paste on a diaper (laughs) bus and manage teenage texting issues, right? Like, so it's fascinating to be a mom and I sacrificed a lot with the studio and now I don't, I know what I like to be as a mom and I know what I don't like doing as a mom. So I subcontract out stuff, but I love really wanting to be there as much as I want to be for my kids. And also, I get to serve others for one hour a day. I only see one. I can't see more than one client a day. Anywhere between three to six clients, depending on how often I see them. But that's it. That's me.
0: What I love before you wrapped up your story, you're talking about how you have to be mindful of who you share your story with. And you were invited, Projector Annie, to this podcast. So feel free to talk about anything because you're officially invited to say anything. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because one time my husband was on the backhoe on our property and found like 30 quail eggs and the mom won't come back to that nest. So of course my husband has an incubator. Of course he does. So (laughs) incubating these eggs and one day it's my job to, you've got to put water in this little dish. So say this is an old school incubator and I'm talking and all of a sudden I hear an egg peeping at me, an egg. And so I start peeping at this egg and it's going, it can hear me. Yeah. So it is alive inside the shell. It can hear me. I can hear it. Okay. Everyone listening to this, people can hear you and you can hear people, but that doesn't mean you're ready to break out of your shell one. And number two, if you try and force anyone out of their shell or you try and force yourself out of your shell before you're ready, you'll die. They have to break out and it's not a breaking out. You will crack open when you're supposed to crack open. And the right people will come to you and the right books will come to you. And just trusting that process. Like we just saw the Barbie movie last night. Oh, yeah. She gives her this option, you know, red pill, blue pill. And Barbie's trying to pick the wrong one. She's like, okay, I'm going to be honest. There's not a choice. But I wanted to make you feel like you're in control by giving you a choice. Uh Oh,
0: that's so good.
1: Don't have a choice on your spiritual path. You don't. You are buckled in. It is going. You can't control it. But what I love about coaching, one of my clients said, coaching is like having a Disneyland fast pass. Yeah, we're going all to the same place. But with a fast pass, you can go faster and you can have more fun in the same yeah. amount of time. And you can get a family fast pass, right? Mm-hmm. And you can start- a inspirational you
0: know, fast pass.
1: So I thought that was such a fun way to explain That's coaching. Such no, I love that. Coach, I, I love but it, it makes this spiritual path It's way more doable. You know, it's why I always go, Oh, you know what? I'm going to take a break from coaching and whoa, won't your mind start going crazy? And you start believing it. I think what
0: you just said is so powerful. You start believing it.
1: Hell on earth is believing your thoughts. And so for me, it's that regrounding, regrounding, regrounding. And I don't need it as often as I used to, but it's still, I love that we have the freedom the agency and the intelligence and education that there's help and mm-hmm. that's how I met her is she was a coach and she's amazing
0: coaching world is so small I love it it's like you're only like one connection away <laughs> <wave>, from every coach <laughs> that's what
1: it seems well like. I didn't know that because I was just on my own little island like yeah. I never met their coaches I wasn't way more into that than I am it's just fascinating
0: It's interesting that you call yourself a coach, because I've gotten this before, where it's like hard to explain what you do. But like, I think coaching is just this blanket term to describe levels of consciousness work. And yeah, I'm excited to get into like some of your teachings. I think a lot of people will love hearing you teach, not just explain how you are transformed, but like what you actually have to help them. So I actually am curious, like when did you find Byron Katie? She's one.
1: Books that Jess yeah, books. About. Okay. And when I read Loving What Is, I stopped reading it. I was like, yeah, no. And my car one day picked it up just for my Bluetooth, which my old car uh, didn't used to pick up from Audible. Yeah. It would pick up music, but all of a sudden it starts playing and I was alone, which is very rare. And it was a turnaround with Byron Katie about a wife and her husband. And it might have been very accurate to my life. <laughs> Something I had been upset at my husband for for a decade. And after the turnaround, I cried the whole 45 minutes home because I realized it's me, my thoughts and belief.
0: Yeah. Some people who are listening probably aren't familiar with what that means.
1: So Byron Katie's work is fabulous when you're ready, that all pain is a natural part of life, suffering is not suffering is when we're choosing to believe thoughts and beliefs that aren't true you know i'm not going to go it's so hard for me not to go deep go deep let's go deep and i know you've said the same thing before anything that's causing you stress or depression or anxiety is something you're believing and it's not true because like in a course in miracles nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Only love exists. Anything less than love is an illusion, and it's part of this mortal probation. And we wanted it. You wanted it. We wanted to not only have illusions, but to feel and discern them with our bodies and sort out the truth. Because it's so fun remembering. It's like seeing an old friend I once had someone say, you know, feeling the spirit or feeling the Holy Ghost, whatever word you use, is remembering the truth. You know, it's not something you just learned. It's like, oh, I forgot.
0: It feels so good to remember.
1: Every time you feel something spiritually, it is never shame. It is never fear. It is just love. And so Byron Katie has a way of what she worked out. She saw the truth of reality was how to question your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because no pun intended, we think that our thoughts are ours. <laughs> and we're hard would have this little practice and go, okay, geniuses, you think that all of these thoughts you're thinking are yours for 15 seconds. And we can do it, Amber, I'll let you count.
0: <laughs> Timer out.
1: Fifteen seconds, do not think one thought. You're controlling your thoughts. You could stop them. And how do you think that goes? (laughs) Yeah. Your brain thinks, your colon poops, your spleen does splenic things. Like splenic
0: things. Yeah.
1: Whatever that is, your heart beats, your mind thinks. If you were not thinking, you would be dead. So the mind just thinks. And all of the thoughts we're having are from when we were what? They're either really old from your parents or they're from when you were two to eight years old. That's it. No new thoughts. It's a record on repeat. And when I believe them, I suffer.
0: What made me ask was, you listen to the recording of the spouse thing. You're like, oh, this is about me. If you work with Amy or with me, everything's about you. (laughs) I would love to hear you talk about that because I don't think people see that. It's always about the economy or their loved ones or their kids or their business or the money situation. But it's not.
1: Everything that's not up to us. Isn't that fabulous? This is a quail egg thing. So the people who are listening to this that are ready to hear it, they're going to hear it. And I love trusting the verse with that because it's such a loving, loving place that life is a mirror. It's not a window. There's a really good Carl Jung 12 minute YouTube video that I'll send to my clients when they're ready that explains the Jungian philosophy of everything in your life is a mirror of your Conscious and subconscious thoughts. So, what my husband was doing to me, making me feel, if he would just stop it, I wouldn't feel this way anymore. That was my thought and belief. And I realized that all my suffering is coming from thinking that I would feel different if whatever, I don't even remember what it was anymore, honestly. I don't even remember what it was, but it was me.
0: I agree that life is a mirror. I teach that. I'm glad you front loaded them. Not everyone's ready to hear that. Because it means taking total responsibility for how you see the world, that what you're seeing is not other people. It's how you think. It's what you expect. It's what you believe. How you see yourself. It's often dark and sad.
1: There you go. So that's why I don't talk about that stuff that much, even if sensing it out with my clients, because if you have trauma, which I feel like that's such a buzzword now, Everyone has trauma. You came out of a birth canal or were cut out by C-section. You got trauma, right? Mm -hmm. That was not a pleasant. But if your ego is not ready. So if your ego believes deep down you are a horrible person, and I tell you, your life is a mirror. So that means child trafficking is from me. And the wars and the stuff, it's too much. It'll demolish you. But the really cool part is, is if everything is up to me, oh my gosh, everything is up to me. Horrible to everything is up to me. To an extent, I believe in the win-win-win philosophy is through my thoughts and beliefs, I can switch into different annies. For me, there's an unlimited amount of realities. I remember there was a sentence in Jen Sincero's book, You Are a Badass at Making Money, that I listened probably 25 times in a row. I was doing a puzzle. I had to rewind it and rewind it because my mind was just blown. And if you can think something, it exists. If you can think it, it exists now. And if you can think it and feel it, that's a reality you're in. You have been in, you are in right now. It's switching into that person and being that person. And what's funny is we think we know what we want, right, Amber? So we're like, okay, if the world's me, I know what I want. You have no clue. Just like what makes you upset is not what's making you upset. What you think will make you happy.
0: Say more about that. I'm curious if you have a story from like a client, obviously with anonymity. (laughs) I have some
1: clients that are so gracious and they're like, you can use that story till the day you die, right?
0: When we say what you just said, do you have a story that comes with that?
1: I'm trying to, you know, fill it out. You're never upset for the reason you think you are.
0: So, so you how know. do you help people figure out what they really are upset by?
1: Well, it's a trifle. The top layer is Byron Katie's work, where you say, yeah. I'm upset at Ty because he doesn't tell me when he's coming home. So one of my first turnarounds with Byron Katie was I used the weather. That was safe. I hate it.
0: <laughs> neutral.
1: <laughs> Hotter than Hades. Yeah. So every summer I suffered. And I realized because my belief was I live by Las Vegas. I live in Southern Nevada. It shouldn't be this hot. So I'm upset because it is too hot. Well, then I'm like, wait, who says it shouldn't be this hot? I live in Southern Nevada. In the desert. It's, It's where I live, right? So I stopped fighting with that and summer just became magical for me. And I wasn't upset because of the heat, but the heat was such a great place to put my upset because it's not up to me. Because if I'm not upset at the heat, what am I really upset at? I had not set up summers. Moms, just we have not figured that out. And that's a whole nother subject because we don't know how to be happy, honestly. So we needed the heat and we need all these constrictions to be miserable. Because
0: what you just said is very, very profound, but you didn't say it that way. We use circumstances that we think exist outside of ourselves to validate how we're already feeling. So you were upset inside at yourself. For probably many reasons that we'll probably get to, but if you don't see life as a mirror, you can't see that. So you say things like, "It's so dang hot. I hate this place. Why is it so hot? This sucks." But there is a whole different story available when you are willing to see the mirror. When we don't see life as a mirror, like you have something going on inside. This was about you in your either dissatisfaction or anger or frustration with your. It's it's t- yeah. But you had to use an outside circumstance to validate the way you're feeling. And so the story perpetuates, right? It's so hot. I hate it. This place is miserable or whatever. And we think we're just sharing what we see. It is too hot. It's miserable. But what you're talking about is looking at the mirror like I'm upset about something and I'm using the weather as a validation for how I'm feeling.
1: So you're going to go to the safest route. So I do have an example with that, and it should be okay that I shared it. One of my favorite early clients was a NICU nurse, and she had a fellow nurse come in. Her son got admitted to the PICU, to the PEDS, and so she went up and was there and helped. And so her friend's there, but as a mom. And they took care of his son, and I think he was okay, but the next time her friend came into work, she unleashed on her. And she told her everything, and my client was a really good nurse, and she just said, you did this wrong, and the doctor did this wrong, and just, yeah, I'm upset because you guys did a crappy job with my son. And it was hard for her, and we boiled it down, and I asked her, okay, let's say she's not upset at you. Who's next? Who's on the chopping block? This is ego whack-a-mole. Yeah. You are the cause of this upset about her son. Who's next? And she goes, oh, well, the doctor. And I go, okay, well, she's not upset at the doctor. Who's next? There is upset here. It has to go somewhere. Energy is not created or destroyed. There is upset here. It's not going to you. It's not going to the doctor. Who's next? She goes, probably her husband. And he's probably suffering right now because their kid is sick. So that's not safe. And let's say it doesn't go to her husband. Who's next? And she goes, oh, my gosh. And her kid's sick in the hospital. So that upset goes to her. And I go, oh, yeah, well, let's say she's not upset at herself. Who's next? And she's like, God, you want something that's not safe? Being angry at God. And ego won't let you look there because you can't be angry at God. You'll be annihilated. You can't be angry at source because that's like a parent and it will retaliate. The truth is you look at your anger at Heavenly father at God, nothing happens. And that is the bottom of the trifle. And you can get comfy going through those layers and you can feel safe taking ownership. But that you can't control that. You can't make yourself feel safe. You can't go to a yoga retreat and make yourself feel safe. And you're going to be ready when you're ready. And so I still have like Byron Katie says, if you think you've mastered something, that's a sign you have not. (laughs) Like Eckhart says, if you think you're a great spiritual teacher, that's a sign that you're not. Yeah, I, I think that. that I think about some.
0: line from a way of mastery, too, where it's like the only difference between a master and a student is that the master has mastered the art of always being a student. It's like this work and, for ends what you just described. Like if you don't become a monk and escape to the hills and you live your life as a normal mom or as a normal entrepreneur or wife, like you're going to have moments like this, which is what we wanted. Or before you hit record, you used a word that I'm really excited to hear you talk about, which is compassionate self-forgiveness. So is that what's next after you got to the bottom of the barrel where
1: you're like, I'm angry at God? Now what? Oh, yeah. so Byron Katie's work was so great because you get really good at mastering seeing your judgments and you get to know them. And that's a skill that you need. All of you are judging. Everyone listening, you're good at judging. You're really good at it, which is a skill. It's not a mistake that you judge everything. That's a skill. The next part is learning how to see the judgments with love and compassion because they're teaching you. If you resist a judgment, welcome to the rest of your life. You hate a judgment, give it a room in your bed because there it is. It's here. So what I have been learning from my coach, Judy Price, is from the University of Santa Monica, and it's called Compassionate Self-Forgiveness. I'm not qualified to teach about it, but I will just say that I feel like I've added it into my teaching because yeah. Byron Katie's work is essential and this is the next step. So yeah, you're good at seeing your judgments and you're good at turning around and being like, yeah, I am projecting all of this onto everyone in my life, even my laundry, right? I will project yeah. it onto anyone. Is forgiving yourself and loving, you know, we're taught to be grateful for God's creations, except ourselves. And we're taught to be an awe and wonder. I just went to Alaska and all I could think was how amazing God is. And what an endless creator. It's just the gorgeousness. But it's not safe or socially acceptable to see that in yourself because you see your flaws. Because people go, oh, Alaska, you know, don't go in the winter because it's cold and blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, just like me. Don't be around me a few days before my period because you'll be on the chopping block, right? You're going to be the mole's head that's up that I'm going to, you know, and to be able to love yourself and love your judgments. And one of the key lines of compassionate self-forgiveness is as if. So I forgive myself for judging myself as if I was mean or as if I shouldn't have been mean or as if I shouldn't judge them. I forgive myself for judging myself as if I should know how to have an adult child. I forgive myself. And you try them on like an outfit and you say them out loud and you know when it fits. I forgive myself for judging myself as if I've never been enough. I had a complete meltdown on Mother's Day and I let myself have a meltdown. And my husband came in and he is like, what is going on? I woke up in the morning, stepped in cold dog puke, barefoot. My three-year-old woke up at 6 a.m., who he always sleeps in now, stepped in cold dog puke, cold shower, and I was just very angry. And he came in, why are you angry? Well, let's start at the trifle layers, right? And I said, do you really want to know? And he shut the door, and then he shut the other door, and he goes, yep. <laughs> and human Annie's brain went, I'm mad about, I mean, everything. Everything down to that our trim has to be repainted. Everything. I am mad. This is everything I'm angry about. And went to church, sitting there, let myself be angry. Didn't make myself smile. Didn't make myself sing. I am angry. This is anger. And it is here. If I just sit with it, it's going to teach me. And I sat there, realized, you know, my husband's not enough. My paint on my floorboards isn't enough. You know, the money's not enough. The people aren't enough. Nothing is enough. And I, I sat there. And I realized in my entire life, I have never felt like enough ever as a mom, as a woman, as a child, as a human. And I just cried and just felt this sadness because I was judging myself as if I wasn't enough. And that created my whole world. It will prove to me that I'm not enough over and over. I start killing it and doing amazing. And I think that's one of the scariest things I've realized. It's so easy for me to make money. That scares the death out of me. Scares me to death. So I'm sitting here going, it's never enough. And I forgive myself for judging myself as if I'm not enough. And you can feel how powerful that is Mm -hmm. because the as if takes away. It's not true. Yeah. Huh? It's not. I forgive myself for judging my mom as if she should be different. She shouldn't. She's fabulous. She's exactly who I needed. But I've been judging her as if she should change. Why? Because I think I should change. Instead of like, I am an amazing mom. I am the mom my kids need. I am an extremely flawed person. If you want to know, text my kids. They are my constant tether back to reality. You know, you can get really spiritually arrogant and they're like, hey, by the way, we're still human and you're human, but I love it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the gift of compassion and self-forgiveness is people are trying to get rid of their egos and they're trying not to be human instead of loving your humanness. All the messy, icky, because the more you love it, you stop projecting it. Yeah. And even if you are projecting it, you love it. So you can laugh and have, "Oh, look at that! I'm still creating dirty laundry piles. So cute. It's just like the big leap. like people don't know how to expand and be successful and joyful and at ease and full of love. So of course I have to have dirty laundry piles. Of course, my kids have to fight. I have to have problems. So that's what I love about compassion and self-forgiveness is just willing to be okay being human and then having fun creating mm-hmm. as a spiritual being because it's a dance. It's always that dance of, you know, I'm a human and I have human needs, but I'm a spiritual being, have a human experience connecting those
0: Yeah, s- that sweet stuff for me. Yeah. And if you've been on, like, I think what most people call like the spiritual path, I think there's like this phase where like, oh, I don't like the human part of me i need to dismiss and let go of and banish the human part of me and i think what you're talking about i use the word integration but that's how i want to live it's like i want the human and the spiritual which is what we intended when we came here
1: why else would we come and be human
0: why else would we we
1: mastered spiritual being got it (laughs) yeah exactly or we'll start wanting our friends to change I wouldn't have friends if they all woke up and changed or if they blah, 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 blah. If all these people are these horrible egoic humans, I need my ego. Now it is a horrible master, right? Wonderful servant. So the more safe Annie feels and the more compassionate self-forgiveness I give her, the less people's heads she cuts off, right? And the more safe she feels. Being seen as she is because what people want to do is they want to change it. I should be thinking different thoughts. Have fun with that.
0: I think especially for listeners of my podcast, which are mostly like coaches and people who are pretty self-aware. I feel like that's one of the biggest ones. Like I shouldn't be having Mm -hmm. thoughts. It's like,
1: what? That was not the message from any. That was never the message. You are shooting on yourself. Yeah. Now. That's awesome. Those are your listeners, because what you will see in social media, and I think it's going to die out, are these coaches and leaders who are portraying a life that is not human. My kids have no interest in that. Like, my kids have seen so much CGI and AI that they're craving. So teenagers are buying vinyl albums. Want they're real. Cra- real. And they can sniff out hypocrisy yeah. three miles away. So these people are like, hey, I'm making this much money and I'm doing amazing everything. No one has it figured out. Nobody has it figured out. You're supposed to be human. You're supposed to be human and making mistakes. And the more you can love, you know, like, oh, my gosh. And that's one of my favorite questions. What if it never changes? What if Annie never feels like enough?
0: Where do you go with that question?
1: Can I be okay if this never changes? And then I saw. Look at what not feeling like enough has gifted me. That was fuel for me. That made me want to be better. I needed that. How many people would go out and serve and show up and work without a mortgage, without a car payment, without any of those outside needs? Like, you have to bring in the money to pay whatever instead of, oh my gosh, I just love serving. I love helping people. Of course I would get up and get dressed and serve people. Not because I don't feel like I'm not enough, because I know I'm more than enough, which means you are. And I'm going to help you see that through fixing your pipes or being your accountant or teaching your children. Whatever it is that we're supposed to be doing is yeah. a gift. Have you read Conversations with God? No, but I love getting book recommendations, especially from you.
0: Change my life. <laughs> anyway, there's this little back and forth. In the book, and it talks about basically like true gratitude for people who create problems in the world. Because if there were no people who had mental health problems, there wouldn't be a chance for people who wanted to be a therapist to be a therapist or coach to be a coach. If there were no broken pipes, there would be no plumbers. If there were no criminals, there wouldn't be people who could participate in working at the jail. And like, this is a very high level conversation we're having. So if you're not ready to hear this, it's okay. Like, I shared this with my sister, and she's like, no, I disagree with that. And I was like, that's okay. I respect that. But to me, it resonated on such a deep level that there is a lot more going on than we can even comprehend. And the judgment of problems being bad or that they shouldn't be here or your thoughts, like you just shared, like, I'm not enough. Like on the surface level, you shouldn't have that thought. But then when you dig a little deeper, you're like, but maybe I could be really grateful for that thought and what it's given me my whole life. Look at what hating that
1: thought does. That's suffering. You're right. And it's taking that view right? Where you put a rock up to your eye, all you can see is pretty much nothing. And that is, we're trying to remember what it's like to be a spiritual being. And we're trying to become like God. And that is being able to see the whole picture. One of my things is I'm not good at money. And Mm -hmm. I proved that to be very true, right? That's a belief. And then it was like, well, if I change my belief, Annie will just be good with money, right? So I changed my belief. I'm so good with money. And Annie just keeps making really fun, silly decisions with her money. And I'm like, okay, this is here. This is here. Can I be okay if that never changes? In the world's view, that means I'm not good at money. Which other things are so safe. Like, I'm not that good at deep cleaning my house. Therefore, I have a fantastic cleaning service that comes. And they are really good at cleaning my house and deep cleaning. I mean... At once a month, they pick up every couch, they clean up every surface, they deep clean my fridge. I am not good at those things and I don't enjoy them. So they're really good. I get to bless them. They bless me. Why wouldn't I go, you know what? There's people who are really good at money and they love it. They love it. And they're so good at it. It comes so naturally to them. And... Of course, I'm at my retreat with my mastermind ladies and someone's going, yeah, we have this new financial advisor for two years and it's just, he's awesome. And he starts describing this guy. And my husband's a certain type of personality that I'm like, yes, this would work. Like, this is the kind of guy that I feel. I already trusted him just from hearing him. He just loves helping people with their money. Definitely. But when I wasn't okay with that story and I was ashamed of it and just trying to I've got to change this so no one sees. Instead of like, yeah, I'm a little kid with money and that's okay. That's what Annie is. And if that changes, it's awesome. And if it does not, I don't. In that same yeah,
0: thread, I, what makes you not good, and you can't see this as this the podcast, but I'm putting it in quotes, not good with money. We don't even know if that's true because I think it depends on how you look at it. Like that's if you take your family to Disneyland and you have fun, like, does that mean you're
1: bad with money or does it mean you love spending and releasing money? You know, so I love spending and blessing people with money, but the world's view. Yeah. Or maybe there's
0: other things you want to do with money that this financial advisor is going to help you do. But like, I think just interesting, like this is the duality of being human. Like some of our greatest aspects of us are also make us need other people to support us. Like the cleaning, same. I'm not like super detail-oriented. And I used to think that was a problem. And now I'm like, no, I'm not super detail-oriented. I hire people to help me with all those details. (laughs) It's great.
1: you're not forcing yourself to become super detail-oriented. Yeah. And I'm not shaming myself into it. Because when you can accept things, guess what? They might change overnight. Mm -hmm. Because your acceptance, the love, the light of Christ, the love of who you are can shine on something fully. It either changes or it's removed from your life, or you change, whatever. But I'm like, can I accept this? Yep. Can I accept and oh, be okay? It's yeah. so imp- So it's funny that you say this. I used to live in
0: Vegas, not that far away from where you live. And I remember I hated the summer. And I distinctly remember at this time, I was just reading Byron Katie, which is interesting. And I remember like driving to the grocery store, and it was like 118 out. The weather in my car was burning my back. My baby was in her diaper having literally like heat sickness. And I was like, I hate it. I hate how hot it is. And I was listening to the book, Loving What Is. Everyone who finishes it like has an experience, you know? And I was like, who's insane? Is it the people who agree with me that Vegas is too hot and no one should live there? Or am I insane because I'm hating where I live and I live here? And I was like, I am causing my own suffering by believing this is awful and that it should be different. I can remember the road. I remember like, I think I could like it here. Like, I think I could make peace. And I remember like seeing a park and I was like, there's splash pads here. And like, I had accepted it. And I was like, I don't have to love every part of the heat, but there are things that I can love about it. And there are things that like, I can be at peace with. And I kid you not, I get home that day and Wesley calls me and he's like, guess what? My work wants to move us to Reno. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. The moment I accepted something, I got what I wanted most. There's lots of teachers that teach this. Like when you make peace and accept what is what you actually want can become
1: available. It's very fascinating. It doesn't happen every time, but it does happen. I would say it is always happening. It's true. The timing. So, you know, that's one of the things teach. You can control the what you desire and the why. I might argue with what I teach a little bit with that because I think what you desire was planned out by you. So what you want and why is up to your control. The how and the when, nope, Nope. no control. Buckle up. So Amber had it in what, a few hours, right? Yeah. And I've had that. I accepted a family member and I accepted what if they always bother me? Okay with that. This isn't spiritual bypassing people. This is like... It's different.
0: True so acceptance
1: meaning. and even love for what is literally seeing so the beauty so in first, it. So I don't listen to Amber's podcast. So I don't know. You know, this is a spiritual concept, but like, if you bring religion in, the first commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, and self, all of your strength. To love God, and to me, that means loving reality, and that means loving me, all of it, all uh-huh. of it. That, 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 that without the hate of the heat, you wouldn't have had that epiphany. I wouldn't have that, had that
0: experience.
1: Because people will get Byron Katie's work and anyone's work. And oh man, spiritual bypassing is so fun, right? Like I can just vision chart my way away from yeah. feeling anything. And instead, it's no acceptance is wow, I really hate this. I can figure out the thoughts and stuff, but what if it never changes? And I'd be okay. And that's why I just love it. And I love how there's no rules. There's no rules. I've seen. The miracles happen in my life and yours and my clients overnight in 10 minutes. And even if it's not in 10 minutes or overnight, it's coming.
0: Like the Course in Miracles teaches, like a miracle is a shift in perception. The moment that you even change your awareness, your life cannot be the same. Even if everything's the same. I'm sure you get this all the time through your clients. I get it from my clients too. It's like nothing's changed, but everything's changed. You can't be the same. Well,
1: New level, same devil. Everything's changed and there's still you. Thank goodness. It's the same stuff. Thank goodness. And you're mastering those layers. And man, what a gift for people who do listen to podcasts and are listening to Amber's podcast because she's beyond her age and her experience and wisdom. You know, I'm not in the coaching world. And so I'm just not aware. But then every once in a while, I'll dip in and I'm like, oh, BS, BS, BS. B.S., But I am a BS meter. And so lucky listeners to this, Amber is a really great barometer of what is truth and what is not and what's worth investing your energy into and what is not. And so, you know, grateful for you because you were great with me with that and people can get that through this. Yeah, thank you. I think
0: that a lot of people, it's a form of projection. I think, you know, they want to help people. But I think what you do so uniquely is it's not about like the gold at the end of the rainbow. It's not about getting somewhere. It's like true. It's like spiritual work. Like it really isn't about the gold at the end of the rainbow at all. What would you say
1: your work is about? Well, you know, I help people love reality. I still don't know. I really don't know how to describe. I did have a friend who's an energy worker, right? She does Reiki and other stuff. And I did a free presentation in my town. And she came to it and she called me up after she goes, Annie, I didn't realize that what you do, I guess she sees auras and she sees, you know, you're doing energy work when you're asking them questions. She's like, I literally could see it. So I don't know. I don't know how to describe what I do. I just know I can give you the names of my clients and they will tell you amazing, amazing things that happen. And And
0: like you said, in your presence, too, I had the awesome opportunity to go to your house. And visit you. And there's just a peace that you have. I think most people are trying to change their reality. And I love that you don't. That's not what you do with people. Now, your reality might change over time. I am an advocate for creating what you want. But the foundation, in my opinion, is loving where you are truly, not so that you can manifest more money or so that you can manifest love. I think that's trying to like, whole one on the universe
1: and these are quote marks listeners if, yes if you've been in order to i'm gonna meditate in order to be yes. spiritual yeah. i am gonna accept reality in order to get a mega mansion i am gonna love my husband in order to make him love me good luck with that and in order to that suffering and it's beautiful my in order twos were beautiful teachers for me and i have them all day long still but sniffing about, wait a minute, where am I coming from? Am I coming from my head or my heart? Is this spirit led or is this, I just want this to make me feel better? Just like you're not upset for what you think you are. You want to change people for you. We're so selfish and I love that we are because it makes <laughs> us so predictable. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah.
1: If you're becoming a coach in order to make a lot of money, just stop now. If you're becoming a mom in order to feel better, if you're getting married in order to be at peace or stop anything, in order to don't work. What's the alternative?
0: What words would you give what you're trying to teach? Oh, you're
1: so good at questions.
0: If I'm meditating, not in order to, what is that?
1: I'm meditating because I love meditating. Eckhart totally talks about this. It's called right action. And how everyone is unique. There are people who are very good planners and they're supposed to be good planners. I am not one of them. And <laughs> then when I look at human design, it's in my design. Mm-hmm. Not a, Neither is my husband. So it works out awesome. But that's why we have this financial planner because a little bit of planning is nice.
0: Yeah. The financial planner probably loves helping you.
1: And he does accounting too. Fabulous for my business. This feels right right now. And the spirit communicates differently to everyone and learning how to trust the process of getting to know yourself and getting to know what feels right. And it will never make sense. In my experience, all the amazing things that have come to me have been when I listened to my heart and on paper and in my mind, no sense whatsoever. Pro, the stupidest thing you could do. And some of the hardest things. That's how I found Amber. Some of the hardest things in my life that I thought were horrible have blessed me beyond measure. And Amber was really great with that because it was before we started working and I needed to make a lot of money in order to pay something. And she really helped me shift. Okay, let's take away the in order to there. What would be fun? You want to make this much money. How do you want to do it? Just because you want to, not because you need to. Right. So you took out the in order to without using the same words. Yeah. And that was just so fun. So and you do create and them
0: place fast and easily when you're in that place.
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, that's where the mastermind <laughs> yeah. And we're on our third session.
0: Or fourth? Our yeah. fourth? If you guys aren't following Annie, you've got to go follow her. I look at your pictures and I just like see it in their faces. Like it makes me emotional. I don't even know these women. <laughs> like they got changed by Annie. <laughs>
1: Amazing group of moms. So we're almost into two years and what's happening there we can't put into words. I know it's a feeling like and I am just in awe and gratitude. I get to be a part of it. And it was birthed out of all of Annie's things I used to judge her for. So do not doubt, listener, if you're going through something really hard, soul crushing, or it's a should on yourself that you're just been shoulding yourself your whole life, it's a gift. There's a blessing there. There's something amazing coming from that hard thing. Maybe won't show up for 50 years, but really trusting that problems are possibilities. I was like, you know, it'd be really fun creating money. And I also want a group where I can talk about this stuff with moms,
0: Mm. not just other
1: women. You can find a lot of that, but specifically with moms. Mm. Man, it's so fun. So cool. And what's weird is like, so our last mastermind, maybe we had two that were new this time. Yeah, my retention rate is just insane, right? I didn't know that was normal. So Amber's like, just so you know. It's awesome that people are working with you over and over and over again. 90% of your, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've only had two people not continue working with me ever. We're like, welcome to the weekend of the miraculous. This is how it is. Like, And one of them had to lay down. She's like, it's just so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Like how amazing life is. We don't know how to open our hearts and receive how much love there is for you and how everything is working in your favor. And that's why my LCS Blue Heron, because the Blue Heron is a reminder to me that God gives me all the time. I don't need it anymore. I needed it. When I would see a Blue Heron, I was barely hanging on. Mm. And I knew, oh, God loves me, right? That was my miracle. Guess what I saw today on the way driving back from picking up my daughter to do this podcast? Of course, a blue herring. It is always there for me. Always there for me. That's one of my things. It's there for you all the time. It's like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. She thinks she wants to know everything and she looks in the alien's eyes and just goes, tell me everything. Do you remember what happens to her? Don't. I saw this a lot. Oh. She expands, she all the information of the universe. Oh, and she blows yeah. up. And that's our heart. We think, oh my gosh, I want to feel God's love. I want to love reality. No, you don't. You don't. You're not ready yet. Your physical body cannot contain how much love there is for you all of the time. It is unspeakable. It is unbelievable. And so trusting that your shells being broken open at just the right time, mm. and little peaks and cracks—they're not bad. That's an opening. It's an opening, and we wanted it. Yeah, I just—I love the opportunity to share about because I am pretty stingy. I don't share about what I do. I don't talk about I know you're like the best kept secret.
0: You guys, nobody really, knows. I know. <laughs>
1: like you're gonna, you're like you're gonna be
0: found <laughs> out after this
1: time. <laughs> We're like. Well, so like, how do you describe you guys seen the meme where it's like there's this carved wooden staircase in this mansion at the end is a stallion. So where the staircase goes down into the ground, they carve this beautiful mm-hmm. stallion. And my client sent it to me and it says my session, right, with Annie. Yeah. And then when I try to explain it to my husband and there's a staircase with a My Little Pony duct taped on. Onto- it it's, it's like, so gonna...
0: true it's so true you had to be there like it's like coaching is one of those things you had to be in the session or you didn't get it
1: yeah because my husband's like how is the mastermind weekend and i'm like it was so amazing there's no words to describe yeah. but what i love about mastermind is it's six months and this next one's nine months you see each other every week for nine months this isn't i went for a three-day ayahuasca retreat and had all yeah. these spiritual things come back There's no integration. I don't know how to live as a spiritual being because I still hate myself. Yeah. And I still my ego. And I right like, and so this is like nine months of learning and living these things together. And then a weekend of just enjoying each other and loving each other. And I had one of the new ones, she came up to me after. She said, You're so unselfish. I was like, I love that you see that in me. One of my stories growing up. That I became okay with, selfish yeah. I am, and I was so not okay with that. And worked because of that beautiful belief that I'm selfish. Worked so hard to not be selfish in unhealthy ways. Fun, right? Or like ironic. <laughs> oh, like how do you be healthy, unselfish? You love yourself because you can love every facet of you. So easy to love other people and just be there for them the hardest person to forgive is yourself and then you can forgive your judgments it's like cream cheese after that <laughs> and luckily yeah. I have five kids and a husband and special teachers in my life that keep reminding me I have so much work to do and I love it
0: I can't even so, imagine doing anything else I'm like what else do people want to do I'm like this is what I want to do
1: yeah it's fun too because it's integrating like I just love there's always work to do There's always work to do, but the world is changing. Everyone knows this and it's not going back. And I think businesses within 10 to 15 years, I'm glad this is on the podcast. If they are not heart-centered, love-based businesses, I don't care how big they are, they're not going to make it. No, they're dead in the water. That people working, these kids coming up want to create and they want love and fear doesn't work. You can't sell them on fear. You can't sell them on stress. So you want to be an unselfish person, work on yourself, work on loving yourself. It was just fascinating to hear that. It really shocked me. I was like, wow.
0: That was perfect. I was going to say, since we're still recording, when I asked you what you do, like what came to me is like, you work miracles. Bold claim, but it's true.
1: It is. And I was, weirdly enough, just thinking about that the other day. What do I do? And I'm like, I don't do anything. <laughs> and sometimes my clients get mad when I'm like, I didn't do anything. It, that was you. Everything that's coming out when we're together is you. I was created this way. Look at my story. My parents doing Landmark from the time I was three and my personality and everything that's come to me. I was just, I don't know. Yeah, something happens when people are with me, when it's one-on-one. So yeah, in groups. But it's, even in I'm,
0: groups, I mean, if I'm wrong, but you still do the one-on-one in front of the group group. yeah like remember when you did it in your town like you brought him up to the chair right
1: we call it chair time chair time it's a lot like Byron, where Mm -hmm. she sits what sits next to her and when i do mastermind or i do group events what people get to see is they just get to watch me sit one-on-one with someone and really vulnerable my kids saw me do a teen session my older girl and i don't know if i think i explained this to you amber she said, you know, when you get up and you start telling people about you, it's you. And they're teens. That grosses them out. They don't want to hear about their mom and they don't want to listen their mom talk. But she says, when you sit with someone, it's not you. And that well, was hard You won't hard. even remember what you say. I don't. If you use the term channeling or whatever, I don't know. I don't know. It's not me. And that actually was hard for my girls to see because at home, it's me. So they had a lot more respect for what I do, but also anger.
0: That's interesting.
1: Right? It is very powerful. Almost like, why can't you channel that, you know, and fix you or fix the house or fix, you know, not being detail-oriented or, you mm-hmm. know, see it like a lightsaber. Like, well, you can just put that where, Yeah, put that switch on, mom. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not how it works. And Amber, the more I lean into my spiritual gifts, the less I know how to human. And that's really scary to me because I do still have five kids. I need to chop wood and carry water. (laughs) And so I'm kind of at the edge of how much do I lean in? And I'm mastering that, but I've noticed it's what my clients need. They're trying to master it too. I am a human. I'm a spiritual being, have a human experience. When I do my coaching, it's so not human and I have to come back. And so that's been actually scary. And now I'm like, well, this is fun. Something new to learn.
0: For the first time I studied, you are know, like always studying Course in Course of Miracles, I guess. Like it was the first time I had one. of was like, I remember just feeling like a zombie walking around my house. I was like, is this real? Does this matter? It was very interesting. And I would watch my girls play and I almost felt like dissociated a little bit because I was so in my spiritual that like nothing could have perturbed my peace. Like I was just so in that zone that like my human was like, I don't even know where she was. <laughs> but back to that book, Conversations with God, like it talks about the level of being is human and spiritual at the same time. And that's how you know you're at being. And what's interesting is to kind of circle back to something we were talking about earlier, I was hoping you were gonna use this word instead of meditate in order to, it's meditate as a way of being. You know what I mean? Like, it's the capital B, being. You're not trying to get somewhere. You're being here, no matter what you do. And I think you used Eckhart Tolle's, like, right action, like, how he describes, let's say you're walking across the room. You want to say I'm walking across the room to pick up the book or to get the glass. He's like, not so. The purpose of walking across the room is to walk across the room. I feel like you bring that level of being and awareness when you coach or whatever you do. Since we're not sure if it's coaching or not.
1: <laughs> I love that we're using your podcast space to really narrow that down. I'm really appreciative. Thank you, listeners. Yes. And if you have teenagers, they are really going to push against that. The more yeah. being that what a gift your kids are younger as you. I call that the being bush. I would. Yeah. But you're not participating. But you're in not life.
0: participating in life, which is the whole point of being here. Yeah. It's so good.
1: Want to love Annie. She's fabulous. Yeah. And what a great vehicle to be in and have gratitude for that, you know, and revere it and take care of it. And so she can just be more her, not in order to make her not be her. It's beautiful. I could talk with you for, we know this. I
0: know. Thank you so much. I have one last question for you, and it just came to me. I don't think I ever asked this before. To you, what does it mean to be a conscious coach? That's the title of my podcast. And I'm just curious what comes up for you.
1: A conscious coach, you have to be conscious of yourself. Self-awareness, it's so easy to think you're aware of other people. You can only meet people at the level of where you can meet yourself. What a gift, though, because when I find myself in the zone of genius from Gay Hendricks, right, from The Big Leap, you know your zone of genius by there's little to no ego chatter. And so when I'm sitting in a chair coaching someone one-on-one, little to no ego chatter. Coaching in a group, a little bit. When talking to my kids, gigantic ego yelling, screaming, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a conscious coach, what does it mean to be conscious coach? It's not about you. You have to know so much about yourself and love yourself so much that you are in service for the other. It is about them.
0: It's amazing. That you don't listen to my podcast because I'm always saying that. Like, it's not about you. It's about the client. And I, like, I just feel very validated. <laughs> like, it's,
1: about you, it's weird. And as soon as it's about you, that's an in order to. Because you could really coach other people to feel better about yourself. And it would last for quite a while. But it is not. And trying to control what kind of coach you're supposed to be. That's not confidence. Okay.
0: Well, I need you to come back for a part two for what you just
1: said. That's not confidence. Right? It's true. I want to be Amber. He can't be Amber. She's Amber. Like, I want to be blah, blah, blah. blah, I can't. Yeah. I want Byron Katie. You can't. And by the way, I'm going to toot my horn. I've heard from multiple people, I'm better than Byron Katie because she basically lives like a mom.
0: And you still dance and have fun and laugh and like, Annie's so joyful. My wish for anyone listening is that you get to meet Annie in person. If This was a yeah, kind no, of mom. heavy podcast, but you're also that's a right. fan. They might not know that about you.
1: <laughs> well, I know and I've heard Byron Katie is really fun. She but, doesn't have five freaking kids. Yeah. She's not chopping wood and carrying water and doing what she does, right? Like she lives that's in good. her little house. My husband's fantastic and have people do everything for her because she can't really human to the um, have five kids right now. So that's like that balance. which I don't even balance, but like you have to be conscious. What is it that you have to give and what is your capacity to freely give?
0: Without the transaction, without trying to in order to.
1: And you know that that will show up. That's going to show up. It's going to show up. It is law. It will show up. Look at the fruit. What is the fruit of me trying to pretend to be someone else? And I took lots of courses. This is how to do this is how to do this. This is how to do this. And oh, thank goodness.
0: I remember one of our sessions when you were really like owning your projector nature. You're like, I think my clients are just going to come to me. And then they did. And you're like, I think this is the way.
1: <laughs> but that's and not, not going to because- be taught
0: to you in a business course. You know, and that's what I mean. Like, thank you. goodness.
1: both well, could didn't work. Yes. Thank goodness. I was like, I don't want to do this. This feels sleazy. One yeah. thing I've noticed. This isn't throwing anyone under the bus. Maybe it still is. Lots of people brag about how amazing they are and all these amazing things that are happening with their clients. And I started to try and do that because my, like, well, I love fitting in. And it's like, wait a minute. I don't talk about sex with my husband, not because it's not amazing, because it's sacred to me. I don't talk about relationships with my husband because it's sacred to me. And I have worked hard on it and it is amazing. They don't deserve to hear and about it. Was it for? when them. you
0: want to proclaim something who are you
1: doing that for you yeah and it's kind of a sleazy way to get people i'm just gonna call it out because my relationship with my clients is sacred it is holy and it is not for everyone not for your marketing <laughs> no sometimes when it feels appropriate i will share it and yeah. i promise it's still coming from an order to. so you can call me out Most of it, if I ever share something, I'm like, oh, I probably should do that. I still do it in some ways, you know, but.
0: You know, it's interesting. I'm on the same wavelength. I haven't asked for a testimonial in a long time. And it's interesting because now I've been in business for what, like almost six years. And like, if you look at my website, I don't have that many testimonials. And I think it's because I really think when my spiritual path started, I just stopped even want, not like I don't care about my work. I do. I care about my people a lot. But I don't need to, like, share that with the world. I know what we did together. You know what I mean? And you know what you did with your client. And that's good. And you don't
1: see Porsche commercials. And you don't see Bentley commercials. It's true. Why? Because people People know know their value. People know. Yeah. That's so good. You own one. You tell people. And you say, hey, this is amazing. And it's for the right people at the right time. It's so like
0: my whole business plan. Right people, right time. And if they're not, they're not the right person or not the right time, it's fine.
1: I no. always work with the right people at the right time. You do. I yeah. always work with the right people at the right time.
0: Dang, Annie. Thank you so much. This is so good. Any final thoughts for my listeners?
1: I love you. I love you. And love that you are just a little generator. Go, go, go and sharing everything. <laughs> And it's amazing you're doing it with your kids, the age they are. And for the listeners, I would say you are wanted. And I will tell you that is the truth. Who you are right now, everything that you are right now, everything that you are being right now is wanted and needed. And if it needs to change, it will change. But it is you are perfect and loved and needed and want it as you are and the things that bother you about as you are right now or happening as you are right now are going to be a gift they already are a gift for what's coming next that doesn't mean it's not painful then it doesn't mean it's not hard but all the awesomeness I see in Amber I know is in me and all the awesomeness I feel in the people listening to this that's the hardest part is to have gratitude for yourself. For yourself. Yeah. Right now. So good. Period. The end. Not once you're meditating every day. Not once your client list is full. You know, not once you've figured out work-life balance. Now. Thank, Thank you, you Freddy.
0: Thank you. Hey, I hope you loved and resonated with today's episode. If you did, I know you'd love to be a member of my community in The Matrix. It's where we combine business savvy with the inner work, where I help you build your business in a way that actually feels aligned to you and allows you to create the impact, money, and success you want. Find out more and join at itsambersmith.com forward slash matrix. I'll see you inside.